Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And this is indeed a Lock It In with Cam Rogers. What's going on? Very excited for this week's guest, Sheldon Williams, 2006 All-American, Duke legend, former NBA player, and of course, you know the name, part of Believe as well. Believe in Duke, a very busy month ahead for him. Thank you so much, Sheldon, for taking some time. What's going on? Not much. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. We got Duke playing right now. They're at the half. So let's get this interview in and uh, have some fun here. All right. Let's start with Coach K's regular season game. You were there. We know that life is not a Hollywood script. It did not go as planned, shall we say, for Duke fans and yourself. How would you best summarize what happened in that game from an X's and O's standpoint? Uh, well, the whole the whole weekend wasn't just about the game. It was more so about bringing everybody back and everybody else involved with his 42 years of, uh, of being at Duke and you know, being a part of that, that incredible coaching career that he's had at Duke. Uh, obviously, it didn't go the way we planned towards the end, especially the last... I want to say six, seven minutes of the game, we were up, I guess, about six or seven, and it seemed like we couldn't defend the pick and roll. All of a sudden, uh, they started scoring at will. Give you know, give credit to uh, North Carolina. They played really well. Uh, it wasn't the same game as it was a couple weeks ago when we blew them out at their place. Right. We you know, come in hungry. They, they, I didn't realize until after the game that they played all five starters all second half and wind up, you know, getting the win. But at the towards the end of the game, they seemed more aggressive than us. Uh, they had a little bit more of an edge on us, and then we couldn't hit a shot. So it was a, a factor of a whole bunch of things uh, for us. It was almost like we just kind of let up a little bit type thing and didn't really uh, you know, try to put our foot down on the gas pedal to try to close it out. You talk about the pick and roll there and the difficulty with defending it in that matchup. What do you do as a coach to adjust to that if you can at all? Well, I mean, the adjustments, you can sit there and tell the players, but at the end of the day, the players got to go out there and do it. Yeah. Um, if they're not going to be aggressive or put, you know, a lot of emotion and energy into it, you know, it's kind of hard with anything else. Like if you do anything, you know, kind of, you know, half effort, it's not going to get the job done a lot of times, you know, you might be able to coast sometimes whatever, but at the end of the day, it's not going to get the overall job done. And it seemed like, uh, I'm not sure because, you know, the emotion of the game is already emotional anyway, because of, you know, the rivalry, but now that, you know, coach K's last game and those type things, and these kids are young. So, that could have been the whole thing kind of going into it as well. But it just seemed like they didn't have the, the energy towards the end of the game to actually finish the, the game off. I'm glad that you brought up that this was an entire weekend. Wasn't just two hours of basketball, right? It was a whole ordeal. So I sort of want to ask you about the atmosphere down there in Durham during that weekend. Coach K living it up and obviously taking it all in. What was it like for you to be there? Oh, it was definitely cool. I mean, uh, not often was I on the other side of uh, mm. that side of, you know, watching the game and, you know, things like that. But I kind of came over. I was staying in the hotel nearby. I walked over and I was able to kind of, you know, see the atmosphere around the, the you know, Duke campus and seeing the things that we don't see as players. Uh, we see some of the stuff, you know, kind of walking towards the game, getting ready for the game. Uh, you know, that's about four hours before the game. But right. literally 
right before the game starts and then seeing people pile in and all the energy that kind of go up into the building. It was cool to see that. And also having all of our uh, former players meet up in the back and create this tunnel that went from the, uh, the door all the way out to, you know, the court and having Coach K just kind of walk through that, uh, the tunnel. I thought that was pretty cool too. Just, you know, I was, I was in the moment. So I had my phone out and everything kind of recording and, you know, trying to, you know, take it all in. Cause you know, this is a small part of his story that I was a part of, but it was just, mm-hmm. very, you know, I was able to be a part of the story. Isn't it so amazing just to sit back and think about how many basketball players Coach K has touched throughout the years and made an impact on? It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, 42 years is a long oh. time. <laughs> you looking at what, uh, it got to be over 200-something players that he's, uh, you know, had impacted. And this is back then when people say in three or four years, too. So, you know, not like it is the last 10 years where it's you no know, one and done type right. thing. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see uh, – all the people that still had a chance to come back, you know, obviously a lot of the guys are still playing, whether it be over the NBA, overseas, so they couldn't come back for this. But it was pretty cool to actually see um, the amount of guys that were able to come back that, that did. Last thing about that weekend, you tweeted something about how there might be an AC problem at Cameron Indoor. It's getting too hot there for spectators, because obviously you're used to playing on the floor and being hot and sweaty, but actually watching the game, it was a little steamy. Yeah, I mean, uh, we knew, because it was actually a good day um it was like one of the mid 70s throughout the day and everything so it was actually a nice day outside um but being in the gym and watching the game okay I'm like all right where's uh the gust of wind you know <laughs> or something kind of you know cooled me down because it was already packed and then we have all these six nine six ten guys all next to each other so I'm standing up the whole time and then at the time I'm like well I can't sit down because if I sit down everybody's knees is in everybody's backs and things like that. So let me go ahead and stand up and try to lean against this wall. And I'm waiting for the AC to cut on and then never cut on. I'm like, man, this is what y'all do. So I tweeted it out and they're like, yeah, you're a rookie in this. Uh, you come in layers. So it might be cold outside, but then you take up all of your coat and everything like that. You have like, you know, t-shirts and shorts on. Right. And I was like, no, it makes sense. Cause you see some of the players, I mean, some are, sorry, some of the Cameron crazies that have like no, no, no shirt on, but they, color their, their chest and things like that. So, you know, it makes sense now, but yeah, I guess I was a rookie because I, I didn't expect this. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, that's a lot of body heat in one area, of course. So, you know. yeah, 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 very much so. So let's talk about the ACC tournament. Obviously the Blue Devils are playing as we speak against Syracuse. Are you looking for something, Sheldon, in particular as far as improvements are concerned or are you just kind of sitting back and enjoying this before March Madness? Um, I was looking for more so fire uh, with our guys. We came out shooting uh, shooting the ball a lot from the perimeter, and we were hitting uh, early on. And all of a sudden, now that we're not hitting, what's the, the next point for us and everything? So that's the only thing I don't like about three-point shooting teams because yeah, it, it's, it's fun when it's, uh, everybody's hitting. But then when all of a sudden when, uh, people are off, it's kind of different. You got to actually find out different ways to score and things like that. So you can't just rely on just that shot. So um it's 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 gonna be interesting i'm sure coach k is gonna get into him right now because uh syracuse hit a shot at the last second buzzer mm-hmm. uh, before halftime kind of put him up i think three three or four points now um so i'm sure they're kind of doing that but I, i'm just expecting for them to get a some kind of fire underneath them especially after the um carolina game you know, admittedly, my top sports in terms of knowledge are golf and football, and I'm still sort of learning basketball as we talk right here on these airwaves. And I want to ask you about how in NCAA basketball, 
it seems to be more so upset heavy than say college football. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you were talking about, the volatility of the three-point shot. If you're a three-point shooting team, sometimes you just don't have it, right? And if you can't adjust off that, you get upset. Is that a fair assessment that basketball is a little bit more volatile than football, for instance? Yeah, it, it definitely is, but that's only a, a little part of it. Um, yeah. Now that over the last 10 years, I was saying, like, you no, know, there's a lot more one-and-done guys. Now you see a lot more upsets because of guys are staying in the mid-majors, staying three, four years. They've been through tough times. They know how it is to play against each other when times get tough versus you might have a talented, you know, two or three guys on the team, but they don't, at the end of the day, they still pressure them. They don't know how to actually react sometimes when things go don't go your way, you know, that type of thing. So now all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, mid-majors and uh, lower schools that have been playing with each other for three or four years, they are competing against these talented teams that have one and done players. And then it's almost now not even a even playing field. It's like the edge kind of goes to them if the talented uh, one and done players are not, you know, having an awesome game. Yeah, it's a great point. I want to talk about March Madness and this tournament here for Duke in particular to start things off. Is there a particular brand of basketball that might give the Blue Devils trouble? My assumption would be perimeter defense, but what do you think? Well, well early in the year, we didn't have that issue because we had um, Trevor Kills and Wendell Moore, especially on the perimeter, playing defense really well. Uh, now it seems like our defense has been kind of hit and miss lately. Um, hopefully that kind of changes things around, but we have a team that actually can go small ball, big, um, they can actually guard a lot of people, um, in different, uh, uh, positions. We have that, that team, it just making sure that people are actually being consistent with that. That's mm. our only issue right now is, you know, obviously being a young team, you're going to have that issue, but hopefully we can be consistent when it actually counts. Fifth in adjusted offensive efficiency, 27th in adjusted defensive efficiency. I would say that's a balanced team, Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Like I said, we can play any kind of style. It just, at the end of the day, we got to be consistent with whatever style we're playing. Speaking of style, just from a macro sense, is there a particular formula to have success in March Madness? We've seen it in different ways, of course. Virginia got it done playing slow tempo, clamped down defense. We've seen UConn a few years ago, you know, shooting all over the place. I guess you can sort of get it done in many ways. Is there, there a particular advantage in March Madness to make a deep run? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it's more so like, I guess, you got to focus on who's in front of you. And it's hard because when you're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, you're looking at the whole scheme of things just mm -hmm. like, us as fans are doing the same thing, but you literally have to have your head down and make sure you focus on the team in front of you and everything else will take care of itself if you just focus on that. You focus on this right here, you go to the next round. You focus on this team, you go to the next round, not where, oh, we meet up this, you know, yeah. this team, <laughs> meet up in the lead eight, that type of thing, whatever. Then all of a sudden you're overlooking people in front of you and that's where you get in trouble. So a lot of times, and I didn't, I, was, I did the same thing when I was younger too. I was like, you know what, if we did this and this right here, we can actually meet up and play against, you know, my hometown or wherever it is. You know, I, I'm a sucker for that too. But coach always try to teach you uh, if you focus on what's in front of you, because things can happen where somebody's not playing well, somebody gets hurt. Things change all the time and it changes fast. It changes fast. So literally, if you just stick to the game plan and you got, what is it, like six games, whatever it is, to get yep. to the championship, um, go game by game. Because if you don't win that game, all else don't matter. Don't watch bracketology specials when they're breaking down the entire bracket yeah. and you're looking yeah. ahead. You can right. get 
kind of sucked in there. All right. So do you have any sleeper teams kind of just talking about the general field here for March Madness? Anybody you're keeping an eye on that could surprise us? Um, honestly, I don't necessarily know because it's been chaotic. I yeah. mean, if you look at it, like, I want to say the top 15 teams that, that play have lost. And I think all of them at some point were number one at some point in the year or at least top two. And they have lost every time they get to that upper echelon of the rankings. And then, you know, things don't, don't work out well. So I think it's going to be very chaotic as a fan. I'm going to love as a fan. I'm going to love it because it's going to be, you know, just organized chaos. I call right. it organized chaos and everything, but it's going to be fun to actually watch. Uh, if you saw some of the, uh, the lower schools conferences, it's been already March Madness where you had, like, hit the buzzer beaters. There was one game, uh, I think it was Tulsa and Furman I, I saw, where I got tired of, in the last 35 seconds. I mean, <laughs> he came in, he got a layup, then they came in, hit a three, and then he came back down and hit a layup. So you go from, we went in, we're going to the tournament, oh, we lost, oh, we go back to the tournament again, and oh, we lost again. So it's 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 great time to be a fan and, and be in college basketball. That's why they say this is March. And it seems like this year in particular, it could be a chaotic bracket. So I don't even know how much research I'm going to do, Sheldon. Like, I might just flip a coin. I might be better with that. <laughs> hey, hey, you might be right. You might be right. I mean, at this point right now, you never know. You might be right. <laughs> okay. Uh, this could be a silly question because I feel like I know the answer to this. Who is your projected winner who's cutting down the nets this year? See, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Duke fan. But I'm also a realist as well. I would like to see Duke go all the way, but I got to see, one, how we're playing going into the tournament and then where we seeded at, too, and kind of see how that goes, whatever. So I can't make that, um, I can't make that announcement right now, uh, but I do see that if we get back on track, it would be hard to beat. We already saw how we are early in the year. We beat Gonzaga and, you know, Kentucky and those guys. But right now, I feel like we all – Fighting, we're fighting a little bit of a slump right now. And even right now, just watching the, the game, it's still, we're down four points at halftime to a Syracuse team. Like, that shouldn't shouldn't be the case. So and, until I can see us, you know, turning the corner and putting that switch a little bit, I can't make that, uh, that announcement. Stay tuned, folks. Tune in to Believe in Duke, and you might have your answer at some point. Just to wrap up here, Sheldon, let me ask you about momentum. Is that a real thing in college hoops, winning game to game and, you know, carrying that over? Is that actually a thing, or are the games more individual? No, it definitely is. I mean, once you get uh, into a rhythm and everybody's playing like they should, and all of a sudden you got five players playing as one, and it's almost like a – I mean, everything's on a string. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you go this way, we got these people going right here, you know, that type of thing. So it's almost like uh, if you get to a routine, the momentum starts picking up, and then all of a sudden you see yourself becoming the team that you're actually going to become. And it's, it's, actually, it's actually a beautiful thing because you go from what all the work you did over the summer and fall and pre, uh, preseason to all of a sudden seeing that cohesiveness work and it's almost like a well-oiled machine where you start in the car and then it's starting to roll and like, okay we, we, got, we got something actually not pretty good right now there you go we'll see what happens with duke a second half coming duke and syracuse Do you have a game to watch my friend i appreciate you coming on the show no problem no problem thank you for having me you got it
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.